Welcome to Unlocked. Unlocked. The podcast that takes everything you thought you knew about money, personal finance, and investing and turns it on its head. With 30 years of hands on experience as a planner, analyst, and financial educator, this is your host, Dan Wittenkeller. Hey guys, welcome to the inaugural show. This is Dan Wittenkeller. I started in the investment business almost 30 years ago when I was in my early 20s. My message is uniquely different. In fact, as we go forward here, you're going to find out that the industry, the financial industry, does not want you to know what I'm about to tell you. So let's get started. I'm going to title this podcast, the initial one, How to Avoid and overcome the extremely high rate of financial failure in order for you to live a more happy and prosperous life. So what do I mean by the high financial failure rate? The U.S. government statistics, back when I started in 1987, we asked it some questions, and we said, how many people are financially independent in the United States, and how would you measure financial independence? And the U.S. government statistics stated that out of 100 people, 97% do not have a net worth of $300,000 by the age of 65, meaning they worked 30 or 40 years. You take everything that they own, assets, subtractive everything that they owe, liabilities or debt, and you come up with a net worth. 97% of the American population did not have a net worth of $300,000. 2.5% had a net worth between 300000 and $1 million, and one-half of 1% had a net worth of $1 million plus. So one-half of 1% of the American population were considered millionaires or millionaires. Kind of shocking, actually, when you think about it. But that were, those were the numbers from the late 80s. Statistically, they probably have not changed much. The net worth probably raised due to inflation, So those numbers are higher as far as dollar amounts, but as far as the percentages, I am sure they have not changed much. In fact, when you go through all the numbers, you're going to find out that at age 65, most people are financially dependent on friends, family, and social welfare programs such as Social Security in order to make ends meet, in order to pay their bills. They have to rely on friends, family, or Social Security. So the question that we have to ask ourselves, and I asked myself back then, almost 30 years ago, is what the hell is going on? Why are so many people failing financially? Is it some kind of doctrine? Is it on purpose? Why is this happening? Here's one quick little phrase that I want you to remember. Write it down. It's few words, but it's powerful. Conventional financial wisdom is poverty wisdom. Conventional financial wisdom is poverty wisdom. And what does that mean? That means if you continue to do what the population has been taught about money, you will continue to get the terrible failing results. So what were we taught growing up as far as achieving financial independence or living a better life? 
It was pretty simple. Go to school, get a good education, get a good job, stay with your job for 30 or 40 years. They pay great benefits. Don't take any risk. Put all your money in the bank and you will be fine. Well, based on the numbers that I just gave you, obviously something is not fine. Most people following this doctrine fail financially. Yes, go to school. Yes, try to get a good job. But what they don't tell you is that don't put all your money in the bank. Yes, you're going to have to take some risk. You're going to have to learn how to grow your money in order to succeed. The missing uh, part in that doctrine was learning what to do with the money that you make. And we're going to get into why we were never taught that in school. And to today, it's still not taught. I want to get into uh, our first definition. And it's called preservation versus accumulation. And preservation means, by definition, that I have all the money that I want, need, or desire, and therefore I just want to preserve what I have. Accumulation, on the other hand, means I do not have all the money that I want, need, or desire, therefore I need to accumulate. Here's the problem. The masses have been taught preservation strategies in order to accumulate money. And it is mathematically impossible to do. Let me repeat that. You have been taught preservation strategies to try to accumulate money. It cannot happen mathematically. It is impossible. What are preservation strategies? Preservation strategies are putting money solely in bank accounts. Investment vehicles that only grow at 2, 3, 4, 5%. That is preservation strategies. No risk. High, high secure funds. CDs at a bank. Passbook savings account. Checking account. You cannot get ahead putting money away at low rates of return or low interest rates. That's preservation strategies. Next thing I want to cover is a formula. Principal times interest times time. Subtract off taxes, subtract off inflation. What does that mean? Principal means the amount of money that you have. Interest, what you can earn on that money, whether it's a rate of return in an equity vehicle, such as a stock, mutual fund, ETF, whatever investment you uh, are considering, or interest as far as a fixed savings vehicle. Time is the matter, the period of time that you put that money away. Then once you have that sum of money, whatever that number is, then you have to pay taxes on capital gains or interest earned, and then you have to adjust that money for inflation. And inflation is the rising cost of goods and services. So the formula, magic formula, principal times interest times time minus taxes minus inflation. All right, let's see how that actually works. Let's just say that you could put away $100 a month. Doesn't sound like a lot, but let's just use the $100 to keep it simple. And let's say you can put $100 away a month and you do it in a bank account because you don't know any other way. So you put it away at 2%, and let's say you can do that over 40 years. At the end of 40 years, you would have put away $48,000, 48000 So your 100 a month over 40, uh, over 40 years is $48,000.
at 2%, your money would grow to $73,000. Let's just say that you gained a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of investment knowledge. You took a little bit more of a calculated risk, and over that same period of time, you were able to get 6%. So $100 a month became forty-eight grand. Your $48,000 at 6% grew to $193,000. That is basically a $120,000 difference. You earned $120,000 more over the 40 years simply because you learned how to get a higher rate on your money. Now let's just assume that you could get 12%. So you're the same person, same period of time, same $100 a month, your $48,000 at 12% grew to $1 million. $1 million. Look at the difference. $1 million versus $192,000 or $193,000 versus $73,000. And the only thing that changed was the rate of return on your money. I'm going to take it one step further. What if you could get 20% on your money? Your $48,000 would grow to $12 million over 40 years. $12 million. Again, the only thing that changed was where you put that $100 a month. So that's principal times interest times time. Now, obviously, you're going to have to pay taxes every year unless it's in an IRA or some kind of tax-sheltered vehicle. And you're also going to have to adjust these numbers for inflation. So let's say you're out there, you have one or two jobs, you're busting your ass, making money, and all you do is take your money and put it into a bank. And the bank pays you little to no interest. Okay? Now imagine somebody coming forward to the bank, an entrepreneur, a commercial developer, and says, hey, listen, I need some money. I want to build a strip mall here in town, or I you know, I'm going to start a new business. And I would love to uh, see if I can get a loan through your bank. And what do the bankers say? Absolutely. We have millions of depositors' money here. Millions of depositors' money. And we are willing to loan out that money to you at 12%. And the uh, builder or the construction person, the entrepreneur says, that's wonderful. Because I know with the money that I'm going to get from you in the form of a loan, I'm going to be able to take that money, going to be able to grow that money at 20% a year in my business. So with the previous example I just shared with you, look how this works in real life. That entrepreneur just went and took your money, all the depositors' money, and he grew it to $12 million through his business. He had to pay the bank $1 million back because they charged him 12% for the loan, and the bank paid you seventy-three grand. Who's getting ahead? Who's getting screwed? Think about that. Now multiply that over millions and millions of depositors around the country that put their money in the bank because they don't know what else to do with it. And now you can start to understand why banks, savings and loans, and insurance companies have their name on some of the biggest buildings in the world, why they have their names on sports stadiums, is because it's not their money. It's the depositors' money, people, the public's money, that they are using to do what? To grow for themselves, for the bank, for their shareholders. 
all at the expense of the person who's busting their ass to deposit that money. Look at it another way. When you go and put your money in the bank, you are hypothetically borrowing them your money. That's why they are paying you uh, a reward in the form of an interest rate. My message today to you is you need to start thinking like the bank. You need to start taking the money and investing it in opening up your own business or growing your own investments. That's the only way that you are going to beat the high financial failure rate or becoming one of the 97% of the people who rely on friends, family, or social security program in your retirement to make ends meet. You have a choice. My job and what I plan on doing over the you know the life of this podcast is to show you opportunities, that there are things available for you to go out there and to live a better life, financially speaking. So you understand that? I also want to, at this point where we're talking about, now listen, I'm not bashing banks. Banks serve a good purpose for emergency purposes, something that's local or close. I am bashing banks because you cannot use a bank to become financially independent. You can't save your way to wealth. Unless you live in a cardboard box and you put away 95% of your money. And then what I've learned over the years is that most of the people that do that or can do that, their lifestyle never changes. So even when they accumulate enough money to become rich, they still live in the cardboard box. They don't change because they're so set in their ways. Part of the reason that people put money away through safe, secure guaranteed rate of return type vehicles is because of the emotions, the psychological end of it, the feelings. Saving sounds really good, like, ooh, man, I'm really saving. But where does that come from? Indoctrination. Go to school, get a good job, put all your money away, don't take any risk, and you're going to be fine. 97% of the people are failing financially. That message is wrong. Let's look at this example of safe, secured guarantee. So let's just say that you put... $1,000 away on January 1st and you do it at your local bank, at the end of the year, at 1%, your $1,000 is worth $1,010. 1 on 1,000 is $10. Out of that $10 of interest that you earned, that is taxable. The IRS will send you a little statement that says, remember that $10 you earned in your bank account? We need some of that. If you are in the 20% tax bracket, We're going to take $2 of that. So now they take their $2 out of your $10. So realistically, you did not earn 1% because 1% would represent $10. You only have $8 now. So you realistically only earned 0.8%. So what happened to the safe, secured, guaranteed 1%? doesn't exist. After taxes, you're down to 0.8. Now, what they don't tell you about, and it's very, you know, rarely talked about out in the world, is inflation. And inflation, again, is the rising cost of goods and services. Historically, the rate of inflation since 1919 to 2019 has been 2.94%. We'll call it 3% to keep it simple. 3%. And you go, great. What the hell does that mean? You know, what does that do for me? What's 3%? What it means is when you adjust your money for inflation, even though the number is the same, so your $1,008 is the same, it's worth a lot less than it was at the beginning of the year. So actually, your 1008 is only worth 1000 or 990 meaning you could buy less with that money a year from now 
than you could the day that you put it in the bank. So essence, what's happening is that you are busting your ass, you're putting money in the bank, it's safe, secure, rates of return, and you are not getting ahead. You're actually losing ground because your money is shrinking every year. And you say, great, I give up. No, the solution is not to give up. The solution is to do what? To get higher than 1%, 2 3 4% on your money, the preservation strategy part of it, and you can't do that in safe, secure, guarantee investment vehicles or saving vehicles. You have to learn how to get a higher rate of return. And that's not going to happen at your local bank or your credit union or your savings and loan. Now let's look how inflation affects money over a period of time. Remember I talked about if you put money away at 40 years, your $73,000, you'd have that at 2%. You'd have 193 at 6%. Those numbers also have to be adjusted for inflation. At the end of 40 years, your 73000 at a historical rate of inflation, which is 3%, would only be worth about $22,000. Some of you are sitting out there, maybe more than some, and you're relying on your 401, 401k plan to you know, create some form of financial success for you or to give you more of a cushy, rosy lifestyle when you retire. You better think again on that. I'm going to go through a quick reality check on those numbers. Every year or any time now, you could probably go online if you have a 401k and you can see projections. They're telling you, okay, that your fund keeps growing, that you have your money and it's going to be worth X amount of dollars in, you know, in, in so many years. At the current rate of inflation, 3%, if your projection is showing you that you are going to have in 20 years a half a million dollars, subtract that in half. Because at the 3% rate of inflation, every dollar becomes 55 cents. So every dollar is only worth 55 cents at a 3% rate of inflation in 20 years. So all your projections out there, split them in half. If you had a 5% rate of inflation over 40 years, every dollar, think about this, every dollar 40 years from now would only be worth 14 cents. 14 cents. This is why people are working, busting their ass, trying to make ends meet, putting money in the bank, not really thinking about investing. And if they are, it's like, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to go. We do not have enough money to invest, blah, blah, blah. And I understand that. I mean, I've dealt with tens of thousands of families and people over the last 30 years. I, I understand that. I'm with you. The point is, there's no place for you to go to learn this. That is why I started this podcast. People, I have a lot of successful businesses going on. I have a lot on my table. I always do. But I'm getting a little bit older now, and I want to give back. I have some sons that I want uh, to learn this. Once you start learning how to control your own money, it starts tipping the, the balance of uh, power in the scales. And guess what? starts taking money out of their hand, puts it in your hand, and that's not what the institutions want. I hope this is starting to make sense. I'm just going through facts and numbers. So what have we covered so far? Most people fail financially. Why do they do that? They don't do it on purpose. People don't start working and then plan on being broke when they retire. It's because they get so into life and working a job and raising a family and they got to buy either buying a home or whatever that before you know it, 30 or 40 years of your life has have flashed before you and, and it's gone. And then you're left, you know, with, you know, your kids are grown, they're out of the house, and 
you know, you start thinking, you know, what do I have? You know, what do I have for the next 10, 15, 20 years to live? What, you know, how am I going to live? Do I have any money? What am I going to do? And you find out that the last 30 or 40 years passed, uh, you know, blew by, passed right by you, and you never had time to really sit down and do any of these things to prepare. My point is, you've got to learn how to accumulate money, which is investing, okay? It's more important for you to learn and to know what to do with money to get it to grow than it actually is to have the money to begin with. So yes, you've got to learn how to accumulate money, and you can't do that using preservation strategies that society has been taught. Okay, I hope this is all making sense. I went through some numbers. I don't want to use it to confuse you with the you know taxes and inflation, but I want you to understand the formulas, principal times interest times time. You got to adjust money for taxes. You got to adjust it for inflation. I also want you to know that one of the secret formulas, and I wrote it down for years, was called increased principal, increased rates of return. Increased principal, increased rates of return. That is actually the secret to wealth creation. Increase the amount of money that you have that you can put to work for you and then get the highest possible rate of return or growth that you can on that money. Increased principal could be working your job, picking up a side gig. It doesn't matter what you do to increase principal. It's important on what you do with the principal once you have it and how to grow it and where you grow it at. I don't want to, you know, beat on a dead horse here, but one of the examples that I always brought up when I talk to people is the effect of inflation and how they don't think that can affect them. I know when I started my investment career years ago again, that a couple had come into my office and they were carrying a briefcase. And uh, it looked a little bit nervous, uh, hyper kind of per se. And uh, they opened it up and they started throwing all of these you know, documents on my desk. And I opened them up and said, okay, yeah, this is cool. They had, you know, maybe 15 life insurance policies. I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. And I said, are these your policies? And they go, no, it's actually, you know, he had said that it's my uncle's uh, policies. And I said, well, you know, why the heck does he have so many? And I started opening them up and looking in the uh, face amount, or meaning the coverage on each policy, was only like $2,000. And I said, man, that's like really not a lot of coverage. And I looked on the date when they were issued or when, you know, they were actually sold to his uncle, and it was back like in the 1930s and 1940s. And I said, well, you know, it makes sense now that 2000 back in the 30s and 1930s and 1940s, $2,000 was pretty comparable to what 15 or 20 grand might be to to today. And it turned out that the $2,000 could, you know, couldn't even probably bury somebody, let alone, you know, provide for any other service. You know, my mission here is to open your eyes. People are good people. They work hard. They want to succeed financially. The problem is they're working the wrong plan. And the wrong plan is go to school, get a good job, get a good education, save all your money, don't take any risks, blah, 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 and you'll be fine just has not worked. The numbers prove it out. My goal is to help you compact time frames. Who really wants to wait 40 years to live a better life, financially speaking? Let's cut that in half, start working 20 years and under. Let's start compacting time frames and get this thing really moving. I guess my question to you is, what's your alternative? Where are you going to go for help? If you are going for help right now, how well are you doing? 
Are you on the right track? Are you questioning the person that you're dealing with? Are you questioning the methods? I have a great friend of mine. She's out in uh, California. She's been out there for a year. She's a money manager. And uh, I worked with her basically when I started in the business. Uh, she was one of the people that I worked with. She was also a former uh, licensed stockbroker. And she said, Dan, I'm here in California. And I can tell you right now, there is a tremendous need for what we know to share to the public because the public is in dire straits. And I said, I believe you. I said, it's a, will be one hell of a, of an effort to get this thing going and get this thing out there. But I said, we do have a shot because of social media, something we didn't have 30 years ago. And she said, Dan, I'll tell you why. She said, because the average broker out here, unless you have $250,000 to readily invest you're not even welcome to go through the front door of the business. There's another company that I recently saw spending a lot of money advertising on the financial uh, news networks on TV. Same thing. This sounds great. We'll do this for you. Uh, Call one of our advisors, blah, blah, blah. Little bottom line, tick, tick, tick. Uh, Only if you have a million dollars, half a million dollars to invest. Well, that's great. Where... Who is going to help people who only have a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, zero thousands? Who's there to help these people? Nobody. Nobody's doing it. And why are they not doing it? Because they can't make money on your money. Don't worry about me. I'm not managing money. I'm not selling insurance products or investment products. I'm not doing it now. I never will do it. I'm sharing my knowledge. I'm in the education end of it now. I'm not into the sales end of it. I mean, there was an old saying that we talked about when I started out. No one's going to create your wealth for you because nobody cares. Nobody cares more about your money than you. You're the one working for it. Nobody cares. And the other thing, too, people that say, all you're doing is talking about money, 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 money. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Absolutely, it does not buy you happiness. But I can assure you, poverty doesn't buy you happiness either. If you're into giving, guess what? People who have money can do what? Can give more. People who have money can do what? Fund businesses, fund hospitals, fund companies, angel investors. So yeah, money does not buy you happiness, but neither does poverty. Quit using all the excuses that people throw at you for why you can't make it financially speaking. You deserve to live a better life financially. The reason that you're not is because the people who have your money, who you give your money to, need you to stay where you're at so that they can play the money game against you in their favor. Through these podcasts, I'm going to prove it to you. If you have any questions going forward, if you have any ideas for future uh, you know, shows, please email me. It's dan at reap.com, dan at reap, R-E-E-P-P.com. And we'll go through it. I'm going to try to keep these podcasts 20 to 30 minutes max. I don't want to ramble on about the same things. I just need to understand that repetition is the mother of learning. Repetition is the mother of learning. The more you hear this over and over and over, it'll start sinking in and realize that what you've been taught to date, the information that you've been indoctrinated since you've been a little kid in order to create some form of financial success or independence is wrong. It's false. It's bad dogma. It's faulty doctrine. It does not work. It was not created to work for you. It was created to work for the people you give your money to. 
So I'm going to end this session right here. I know it was a lot of information. If you have any questions, please, please forward them to me. But I'm here to help you. I'm getting older now. It's my time to give back, and that's what I plan on doing. I want to thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends. Everybody needs to hear this message. Again, if you have any questions, please let me know. Thank you much. I appreciate all of you, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. To find out more about how you can improve your financial life, visit the website at reap.com. That's R-E-E-P-P.com. You can check out all the social sites from links located on the website. Email your thoughts, questions, or ideas for future podcasts to dan at reap.com. That's dan at R-E-E-P-P.com. Thank you for listening.